1: Speaking of a win-win situation, I've got one for all the uh, two-stars, one-cup listeners out there. Pigskin fans, the moment you have been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official Daily Fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you'll get a free instant prize up to $25,000, and if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN. Again, that's promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back to the Two Stars, One Cup podcast, the Dallas Stars fun-based podcast featuring myself, Shippy, and Craig Ludwig, the two-time Stanley Cup champion. Hey, Luds, did you know 15 out of 10 of the best hockey players of all time have glorious beards? Don't check my math. I'm pretty sure it's right. That may or may not be true, but if you want that Stanley Cup championship quality beard, check out Ish Beardworks and Men's Hygiene. They make lightly scented, handcrafted, all-natural men's grooming products for the man, Who wants to look good without smelling like a pine tree farted in his face? And guess what? They donate a portion of the profits to charities that support children in foster care and awaiting adoption. Go to ishbeardworks.com. That's ish, I-S-C-H, beardworks.com. And check everything that they have to take your beard game and hygiene to the next level. Ish Beardworks is the proud official sponsor of this official Dallas Stars Focus podcast and official creator of the baddest ass, beards, in all of DFW. It's the ish, so can you. All right, now, luds. I want to talk about the future a little bit more here. You know, we're talking taxi squad and different, um, you know, players, young players that could make an impact for the Dallas Stars. And I want to talk about the blue line and Thomas Harley. Obviously, we saw him a little bit in the World Juniors. What um what should Dallas Stars fans expect out of Thomas Harley? when he does you know eventually take the ice for the Dallas for the first time this season
0: No I think I think that he's another kid big big kid uh, right shot, uh, can, can skate. Uh, they all can skate today. That's the good news so they can all can skate they're, they're coming around at the right time that the NHL is moving to this uh, this type of a style of a game. Uh, I think he's a, he's a heads up kind of guy. I think he can move the puck he can he can advance the puck in the right places at the right time. Uh, he's not going to skate like Haskinen, but you may find something between a Klingberg and a Haskin kind of thing in that neighborhood there, um, probably not as dynamic. But, you know, I, I only got to really watch him in, in the World Junior thing, and so that's a totally different stage. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're playing against everybody that's uh, basically your same age. So there's always some growing pains with defensemen. There's things that you go through. You know, they, they talk about, you know, you got to play two 250 games before you actually – figure out the position as a defenseman in the NHL. Uh, you know, I, I think that ballpark kind of when they become, you know, at the point where you can trust them in all different kinds of situations, there's the, you know, there's some defensemen that we're seeing right now in Colorado, Got three of them that they can just step right into the league and play and be nine dynamic players. But um, yeah. I, I think with, with Harley, the good news is, is the way that with a Rick bonus kind of guy there and, and the way that they coach their club, um that you can fit in here and you're protected from certain things and especially the way that rick likes to play he wants his defensemen to get involved and be up on the play and so these kind of guys that can skate it kind of it it fits right into and plays right into their hands and to, to their ability right into the game that they need to play to be successful
1: now I want to kind of stay on the blue line here and talk about another. He's not a new prospect, but he's a familiar prospect. Can't even really call him a prospect anymore because he has played. But
0: oh, what about going Hon- down the Julius? The Julius?
1: Yeah, here. Julius. Yeah, we're going to talk about yeah. Julius Tonka, and because it seems like the the stars have a lot of the same. Because Harley's a right shot too, isn't he?
0: Yeah,
1: is he a right shot? So they, it seems like they've got four different right shot defensemen who all kind of have the same game. Obviously, I'm not saying they're all the same. You know, the same high quality players, obviously Klingberg and Miro are on a different level than the other two, but they're all, they all seem to fit the same type of mold. Is that like, I mean, and obviously they are all drafted by the Dallas Stars, So it seems like the Dallas stars have a type when it comes to the right, from that right point.
0: Well, there's no question that you're looking for the puck-moving defenseman and the skating defenseman and guys that can get up and support the support the play. The game has changed, and and so and that the rules have allowed that over the years is that you can get a little bit more involved and and but you also have to have the forwards that can be able to circle back and take their spots and cover up for a period of time should they get caught up ice. So. You know, again, if you just look at the game as a whole, it's a fast game, and and, mm-hmm. and is a guy that can skate. He always can't. He can skate, not not big. I mean, he's he's small on that side, but but he's. Uh, I, I don't know what what's going on there. To be totally honest with you, because you know, and they didn't. He went back to Finland. That's a weird and he, situation. <laughs> and then he comes here. They sign him, and then they put him on waivers. And so, uh, you know, I always felt sorry for Ulysses because I liked the kid, and you know, he'd get called up for you know three come up for three games you know up for for a week and never really get into a game or get into a game play a couple of shifts and then sit on the bench and then, you're back. And then he gets yeah. sent back down and then he comes back up another three weeks you know to me at some point and i'm not saying with you, Liz but with players like that that they're up and down they don't get the opportunity that they, that they truly want to have and garyana had this yeah, happen to him yeah and if, and if they don't fit in at a certain point I go back to the player side there to me, there comes a time when you say, okay, let's let him go. Let's let him try to get on with another team. Maybe there's a team out there that he can fit into the top six on a regular basis. And sometimes it's about what's best for the player at a certain time. And, but again, you don't want to give up on an asset that's got that, especially in a year like this. So I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, I think they probably felt comfortable uh, since nobody else picked him up in the past that they could bring him in here they could he was a player that they could probably put on waivers um and it was going to be a pretty safe move nobody was going to pick him up because if you need him he's played games in the nhl it's very similar to guys that are on a big ticket you can take a guy that's making seven million dollars and put him on waivers for one game and nobody's probably picking him up and there's guys like uh corey perry and he said yeah well you can put me on waivers but i ain't going anywhere else that's fine you can tell the other team don't bother picking me up because i'm just going to retire so you know, there's different ways that these guys have leverage to stick around. And um, so, yeah, I, like I said, I, I like Ulyss. Um, I think that there are guys that have stepped ahead of him now. And, and so if they stay healthy, it's going to be tough for a lot of these guys to get in there, except for the times when they want to find a spot that they can arrest a couple of these guys. So did,
1: did Corey Perry do that with Montreal?
0: Yeah. Did he yeah say, you can go ahead and put uh, you can put me on waivers? That's fine. But you might as well tell the other teams that picked me up, I'm just going to retire. Or Jason Spezza did that, as a matter of fact. It was Jason Spezza. Sorry. Oh, okay. It, it, was, it was Corey Perry. They put Corey on waivers also, uh, I believe. And then, um, but they, again, that's just to take him onto the lineup for a day. They're not sending him to the minors. He's going right. to go practice right over here. Right. And he's you know, it, it's just, it's a money thing. Sometimes you got to move money around. And so, but he's probably, I guarantee that he's on a one-way deal. So it's not like he's got a minor league deal that'll kick in when he's on the taxi squad. Yeah. Um, but Jason is the one. Sorry, I made, I got that wrong. Spezza said sure. that. You know, you can put me on, you know, he's at home, he's playing with the Leafs and he's in his hometown. It's where he wanted to kind of finish his career, I believe. But yeah, if somebody wants to pick me up, I'm just going to drive you know, an hour and a half down the road and I'm done.
1: Now, when you look around the league at, you know, the, some of the other in, teams in the NHL, who have you been most surprised by? Who have you been, mm-hmm. you know, who's been the most impressive, you know, outside of the Dallas Stars are there any teams that have really caught your eye that, you know, Hey, this team's a lot better
0: than I thought they were going to be. Well, uh, you know, I, I think I was, I've been pressed by Colorado to start off. I mean, we knew that they were going to be a good team. Uh, but when they get running on an all cylinders right now, when the rest of the group gets involved right now, it's, you know, it's Landis Goggin, Rotten, and Rotten and, and McKinnon show out there every night. And and it seems like some of the guys just stand around and watch them. They, they came out and they beat somebody eight to one. I mean, it, it was like watching the Harlem Globetrotters out there. But they have a ton of speed. They've got a young defense core. Um, their issue is always going to be, you know, can can the two goalies carry the load like they did a year ago? Um, mm-hmm. I think some teams have surprised. Uh, Buffalo has surprised and played some teams tough. The, Je- the Devils, who n- nobody thought they, they're playing pretty well. Uh, I think they've surprised some teams. Um, you know, but I don't know if it's a surprise, but it's an interesting thing for me in Vegas uh what's going to happen there they got off to a good start i mean they're they're obviously one of the cup favorites again this year washington um would be another surprise to me and the, and the only fact that they haven't lost in regulation i believe but it's a bit of a surprise that they're missing their four guys you know the covid guys or the hotel mm-hmm. room party guys or whatever happened there um those guys are going to miss three four games what it is and they just kind of seep on keep on rolling down the road um vancouver a little bit for me that they've kind of fallen off from last year. Uh, I don't know if their, their goaltending is going to be good enough there, but, and then I feel bad for, I feel bad. Well, in a way, I don't feel bad for them. but the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, I mean, the, the Taze is out and Curry doc gets hurt at the world juniors. Uh, they come in, you know, through the off season at best they have two backup goaltenders at best and that have to be their starters um i feel sorry for a guy like patrick kane i guess i don't feel sorry for the whole team they're where we Mm -hmm. want them to be but you know a, a sure hall of famer down the road and it's like taking taking a knife to a gunfight for for kane it seems like every night when you're missing you know your partner in crime there and a couple other uh spots there so there's again i i don't get too excited right now because they've only played five right. six games in a lot of teams and so right. like i said earlier i think a lot of those teams are trying to get their games together yet um but when you start to get around the 20 mark the uh, 20 game mark which is the 40 game mark i guess in a regular season something like that you know, we always say between 40 and 60 in a regular season, you kind of are what you are. And you get you get a look at, good look at what the team is all about. So I think we still got to give it a little more time. And, and it's still the schedule is kind of crazy. And how are we all going to adapt to the schedules? But yeah, yeah it just seems like it's with, with the exception of a couple teams in the league. You can go into a game and watch another game and believe that, you know, a team that's going to win the game that night. And it may not happen. And I think Boston Boston and Philly played the other night. One of my kids called me and, Dad, I'm going to bet on the game. Who should I take? And I hate that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I said, hey, is Carter Hart playing tonight? And they go, yeah. Now he hasn't gotten off to the same start goaltender for Philly. But um, I said, well, the Bruins, you know, they're missing their top right winger there and, you know, things and Charo's gone and all this other kind of stuff. And I said, take Philly. Well, shoot! Mm-hmm. They got beat six to one or something like that. That'll teach you <laughs> not to call me again. Oh, where'd it to go, Dad? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but but it's but to me, it's one of those kind of things right now. I mean, yeah. look at Montreal, look at Montreal right now. I mean, Montreal surprised me. They, uh, well, Berge did a, uh, Mark Bergman did an unbelievable job, uh, not just this offseason, as far as what he did to build his team. Mm-hmm. He's done it over the last couple of years. And I think yeah. he's gotten heat for it because he didn't make moves and it didn't make moves, but he knew what he wanted. He didn't see what he wanted. And what he did in the process is he had a lot of money sitting in the bank and he was able to, to pull the trigger. And however Burge decided the timing, he said, this is the time. And so he went bang, 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 and he started pulling all these guys out and bringing guys in. And, you know, they, they start off against the Vancouver team that, you know, obviously um, was good last year and upset some teams in, in the playoff rounds. Um, and Montreal just walked in there and said, no, not now. And, and then what what makes it even worse is Vancouver gets, lets Tyler Toffoli go. Uh, from Vancouver he signs in Montreal and then all he does is light them up every game that's uh, that's another thing and now like even in in, uh, Vegas now they've got the captain from the St. Louis Blues who signs in Vegas and they've got to play them eight times so he's going to play against this former team that he left that couldn't come to an agreement and you know so there's all those little stories within everything that's going on I think that are interesting um, and we'll see. I, I go back to Buffalo because that's where Taylor Hall went and signed. Yeah. He signs a one-year deal for $8 million. And, but he's going to play with Jack Eichel. He's like, well, I'm going to play with Jack. Well, then maybe that's where I'm going to go, and I'm going to bet on myself. Good for him. And so and I've watched a couple games that they played, seen some highlights, and those two, I think, are pretty happy with each other. But I think there's a lot more to it than that. I think that... Uh, during the offseason apparently Eichel may have said something to someone that in, in, insinuated that he didn't want to be there and he was tired of losing which I give him credit for that but they said well man we don't want him to go anywhere so who's the shiniest brightest penny out there and um that penny cost quite a bit but they brought in Taylor Hall and hey he's playing on your wing and so i think they're kind of being happy with with each other in that situation because it allows hall if he has a good season to go ahead and say, okay, now show me the money. You know, I'm not taking one year deal anymore. And I think Eichel is happy and says, listen, I love this guy here. We've got something. Let's start building around it. So there's a lot of those little stories going on and something like this. And you get a little bit more dialed in because of the way that they're playing. I mean, they're playing the same teams every other night. I mean, I think in the North Division, they're playing teams 10 times. And, and, you know, these are seven and eight times. So, yeah. And we'll see where the rivalries all come out of all this stuff.
1: Well, and I saw the rivalry firsthand last night. I was watching um uh, it was Vancouver and last night they won seven to one over the Senators. Yeah. yeah. And I was they were starting to fight when it was four to one. And then after that, wow. you know, there was there was more fights and it was getting chippy and there was a lot of penalties being taken, lots of slashing, like
0: and I mean, I'm, happy, was... I'm happy to know you can remember that game because it was the only game on last night. Now, well, tonight, if we we're doing this thing in a couple days days, it'll be a little bit more tough for you to, to remember because <laughs> I think there's 13 games tonight. But, yeah, well, but the other thing is, is um, especially in Canada, in that North Division, and again, you know north canada hockey it all goes together so they're all those fans are, are nailed to every game because yeah. they've got great rivalries. vancouver wants to be this and montreal's wants to be that you've got a huge uh base of montreal fans that live in vancouver so that building's half full of montreal when they come to town uh, you know, so it's 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 very exciting. I mean, you know, being having played there for a long time in Montreal, I, I know the rivalries, I know how they are. We could go into Calgary and you look up and you see, you know, half of the, the stands are full of Montreal jerseys. So they've got that going on with the fans. Unfortunately, they can't have any fans. Right. But but they're still there. They're the bars, I guarantee, are packed watching it or maybe packed, or maybe the parking lot, maybe it could be tailgating, uh, whatever they are. So or, or I love all that kind like of that. stuff. Yeah, well, they're sitting in their igloos out there, and, you know, they're kind of, they're all living, and they got them all packed up with snow and everything, so they all, I guarantee they all got a 2-4, that's what they call it, they got a 2-4 sitting right next to them in the snowbank, and so. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I What's think a those are four? all great, right, so, that's a 20, it's a case of yeah. K-Siberia, num-num, oh. I mean, <laughs>
1: 24. Uh, I mean, it makes sense now that you break
0: it down like that.
1: I was That's right. to...
0: And I hope there's other Canadian podcasts that are watching this thing, and they send you cards and letters that you don't know what a 2-4 is. Forget well, I,
1: I've I've gone through many two fours, and I, I don't know if you'd believe me if I told you this, but I've actually built an igloo myself before. It was in Missouri, and it was really tough to do, but I did it because I had a lot of time off from school, and I went and bought a sled and a bunch of alcohol, and I was like, all right, well— what do we do with a bunch of snow? So we built an igloo, and we had well, a
0: couple. You of- didn't do it before two in the afternoon because I don't think you got out of bed till with one or two every day. Yeah, so I, was much up, I, know.
1: I? was up at like eight thirty this morning, Luds. I'm I'm a different man now.
0: Yeah, well, in one week you're a different man. You're you're Star's Company man now. Maybe that's why. <laughs> well, you have and some it, responsibility. You have and, and having to do stuff and like be on a schedule and
1: stuff. It makes me tired, like a normal person. Yeah, I again. know you're not
0: very. Let, let's not go there. You're not very good. You're not a very scheduled guy. Well, I'm know, doing better I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty yeah. I'm doing a lot better now. Your paycheck uh, counts on it now. Yeah, and that's that yeah. helps. Makes a, a difference.
1: And there's a paycheck that's like on the other side that feels pretty yeah. good. I'm like, yeah, All right, yeah. I'll start waking up and I'll start, yeah. you know, living the 9 get to 5 job kind of. Yeah, get yeah. Up
0: early, take a shower, kind of be awake, Yeah, it. it's it's weird. Yeah. I never
1: know what to do with all this time. Like I wake yeah. up and I just like hang out. I'm looking around like, "Well, this We'll hit up
0: Lutz go we'll do a podcast
1: sleep. real quick. Yeah.
0: And then <laughs> uh, I sit here for I sit here for forty five minutes waiting for the email to come and then yo- ten minutes before oh I can't do it. I'm I'm tired yo- and I, I, I went out last night and oh, hey no 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 that was okay it's for it's all changed. It's all behind you. It's all
1: changed, it's all it's behind, behind me. Well. Good. With, yeah, and so um we'll go back to hockey now. Um uh, what's <laughs> Do you think that these <laughs> – because we're, we're talking about like – We only the, have
0: one question left. I was just trying to fill some space for you.
1: No, no, no. I mean, and if other people got questions, remember when you're watching us live stream, you can always – whether you're on Facebook, Twitch, or Periscope, you can always post a comment and we can fly – you know, we can post the comment or the question up on uh, the Two Stars One Cup broadcast and either Luds or I will be happy to uh, answer that. And, you know, I kind of wanted to talk though about just – the unique opportunity that this is for all the Canadian teams, especially because I know, you know, in the different divisions central and the West and the East, like you're going to have temporary rivalries like this year, Tampa Bay and Dallas will be a big rivalry. I'm not, I, you know, there's no question about it after coming off of a Stanley cup matchup, but I feel like this season in particular is really beneficial to those Canadian rivalries. Like we're talking about because a lot of these teams like last night, you know, Vancouver and Ottawa, maybe they meet each other, what, twice a season, one one at each other's – in each other's barn. Like this year they're playing each other, like you said, maybe up to ten times. How beneficial do you think that is for the whole game of hockey since those Canadian teams are, you know, facing each other all season long? Is it beneficial at all?
0: Well uh- – I think it is. I mean, I I think what it does—not maybe not in Canada so much because their buildings are full all the time when there can be uh, people in there. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think ten is too much. You know, I I think it's too much. But when you're playing a team four to six times, that's where I think the rivalry is, and the rivalry stays there. I think after a while it may burn off, and and, you know, because there's only again, there's not fights now like there used to be. So. You know, they may there may be a couple little scuffles that go on. I don't know if you're going to see it all ten times, and I think you may get down to to a certain point where you play past six games. You're know, like, oh, shit, we got four more games against these guys, and yeah. four against them. You know, it may be too much, but it is what it is. I mean, they they have to do it that way. Right. So, but uh, but I think in the the fan bases in in Montreal, uh, they are they're long, long, deep, deep Canadian at heart, Canadian, Canadian. So Canadian teams are what Canadian teams are. Yes, they hate certain teams in there but i believe that when when this schedule came down like this the happiest people around between the two countries was definitely canada by far because they were going man we got all of our canadian boys playing here and um so it's good to see it'll be interesting to see if if any of this stuff kind of sticks then when we get back to normal i mean will they change a couple of these things i don't know how they do it um you know the, the division in the united states here the, the, the east, I mean, where you've got Boston and, and Buffalo and Philly and, you know, and the New York teams. And, you know, so I think the longest trip is something like 500 miles or, or something like that, mm-hmm. or, or a max hour flight. That's what's tough in the Canadian division, because you've got to fly from Montreal to Vancouver. And, you know, so that's a yeah. hell of a flight in Boston or in that east division it's not you can get in your car and drive if you wanted to you know they they can bus across the bridge or hop on a plane and be there you know in 45 minutes or whatever so uh that's the interesting stuff and will they want to do that in the future because again it cuts down on cost you know the, the the price of a charter flight you know you know i mean talk to dallas what it's going to cost dallas to to fly out to vancouver and fly to calgary you know it, it's, it's different and so the cost is very important so looking forward will they try to realign some of these times mean, i think when you look at you look at the division that dallas is in it's like they did the other three and they said okay all the rest of you guys go in this one over here yeah because everything else seems to i, I know st louis and, and minnesota have some travel uh, out west yeah um and the stars some, like, were initially going to do that the stars were yeah, initially going to have to do that they were the one that was supposed to be in there. And I, I heard that, you know, the Minnesota group, they were fine with the time. Change. It was more about TV, I think, I, I think, or not more about it, but something to do about TV times. And there's always the late starts and things like that for your fan base. And Minnesota seemed to be uh, cool with that or maybe even wanted it. I, I don't know the exact thing there. But, but anyway, so, so they were fine. The other thing there, I wouldn't be disappointed in that either because you look at the three California teams, we don't expect them to be three playoff teams. Although, you know, L.A. seems to be, you know, Given some teams a little bit of a battle now more than before yeah. they've got a they're trying to make a transition in players there too, so they look pretty good you know, against so the Avalanche the other night they're like a week you know, ago well they they played them tough strong a couple times yeah now. and so yeah. that's that's where that's where you're going and but Colorado started out three and zero oh, and I, I you know I think they're three and three right now or mm-hmm. something like that so I yeah. think but what they're doing is it's like the rest of the group is kind of standing around watching the big line go and uh, but they've got a dynamic team. Uh, they are definitely built to be a contender for the next few years. They got cap space. They're gonna have to find a way to get McKinnon signed because he's been playing on a sweetheart deal for yeah. forever, and I think he's making five or six million, where he should definitely be in the ballpark for the top player in the NHL. And that would probably be the biggest debate all year long: who is the best player in the NHL? Is it McDavid or is it McKinnon? And um, you know, I, I think McKinnon does more. I think Connor McDavid is absolutely must see tv but he's so much more about speed where nathan mckinnon is speed and strength and east west north south he can knock you off the puck he's not afraid to go stand in front of the net and and then he really uses his teammates around him sometimes i actually think he overpasses at times he he can shoot the puck and i think sometimes he feels guilty but but you can tell and it's like every shift is the same Every single shift is the same. He, You will not find him take a shift off. Unlike, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Let's talk about that trade. Yeah, let's talk about that know what? trade. About that trade. So Dubois and Patrick Line kind of flip-flop teams. So Dubois goes from Columbus to Winnipeg, and Line goes from Winnipeg to Columbus.
1: And they were the and, number two and three picks in the 20s. Right. Was it
0: 2016? Something like that. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. I don't it was know. one of them. One They're of them. both really good players. But very, very being good. said, don't forget about Roslovet. The other kid that came over in the trade from Winnipeg. And Roslovet yeah. came in there. He seems to be the guy that nobody wants to talk about. And he could be the guy that actually sways this deal one way or another. He's a Columbus kid, too. So he's going yeah. home. Uh, Dubois, his dad, actually coaches and works in Winnipeg. So Dubois is kind of going back to where dad is. Winnipeg, So that's good for him. I think what Dubois does... Now, a lot of people... I don't know how many people saw his last ship in Columbus. But uh, it was shitty. It it, it was a slap in the face. It it was embarrassing. Uh, The the players had a players-only meeting the next day. um, And somehow he got traded a day later. So there may have been... And I saw he...
1: He wasn't going to play even if he wasn't traded. Like, they had a game, I think, on... Did he get traded on Friday?
0: Two days they got he got traded. There was a game on Saturday, yeah. And so, did he get traded on Sunday? Was that when it happened? He got traded. Well, the deal I think was done on Saturday. I think that's what it was. I think it was done on Saturday morning.
1: And they played later that day, right? And so, correct. So what I had seen is that he wasn't going to play. That the players decided that he wasn't going to play that later that day anyways. Like even if,
0: well, I don't know if the players decided that, or maybe Tortorella. I I think Tortorella decided that. Well, I I think that I think it was decided in the Uh second period of the prior game. And it was decided right after that shift that he, that last shift that he ever played for the, for the blue jackets. I think Mm -hmm. it was decided there. And at some point you can, you can have your arguments with, management and your contract and which is the other thing they, they signed him to that of the season. they signed him to a two-year ten million dollar you know, total five million a year and he was mad he was upset with that so that they probably didn't sign him to a long-term thing him tortorella goes back to the last year they had a couple disagreements on the bench which ask brett hall about that Ask mike madonna about that all the great players have had disagreements with their head coaches and john tortorella to me is one of those coaches that is all about just work if you work for me i can live with anything else i can live mm-hmm. with the mistakes i can live with this and that and i i just he didn't want and he took he i don't know if you've ever seen there's a cartoon of a mouse and an eagle and it's mm-hmm. called the last act of defiance and it's an eagle coming down at the mouse and the mouse is doing this just kind of staring up at him and yeah. That's what Dubois did to, to the organization that drafted him. And As a yeah. matter of fact, I think Dubois, there was somebody else that everybody wanted to pick before him, and they decided to pick Dubois instead. And Dubois is a great player. He, he can be a great player. And I'm just curious, you know, it's going to do a lot for Winnipeg. You know, all of a sudden now they got Shifley and Dubois now. They're number one, two centermen. I believe Stastny's yeah. the other one. So they're going to be a better team down the middle. And like Mm -hmm. I said, I believe his dad is out there in Winnipeg or something like that. So, I got to believe the kid's going to play hard out there. So, we'll see where this deal goes. But I think when you go back to Roslovic, who is going back home to play, he could be the guy that sways it. Wainey needs a contract. I think he's got one year left. So, he's going to have to get signed. No, he's a free agent. He's a free agent at the end of the season. After this year. Yeah, he's signed for this year. But the biggest biggest issue in all that, which none of us really give him, it doesn't matter where they go, what they do. But now... You take Laine, who has played 17 games against the Dallas Stars and has 18 goals in those 17 games, and he's in this division now. So and, now, all of was- a sudden, the guy that yeah, the guy that comes into Dallas or in Winnipeg that seems to ram it up their ass every time they play each other, you are yeah. now playing seven or eight times. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. But but the others on the other side of that coin, I don't know now with with Dubois going, the big thing for Laine line is a shooter. We know that he's a shooter I and mean, he's got like a 31% shooting, uh, shooting percentage. percentage? So that, that's crazy. I, I, I right now and I, against Dallas, maybe that's against Dallas. And I think overall he's like 16%, but, but now do they have the people that can get him the puck? You know, that was his complaint plan in Winnipeg. He wasn't playing the number one. He wanted to play with Shifley. He wanted to play on a line where more guys could get him the puck to shoot the puck. Cause he's lethal on the power play because, those best players are out there. So we'll see what happens when he gets to Columbus. Can he get the puck like he did on the power play in Winnipeg from the Shifleys and the wheelers? Who's one of the best distributors uh, out there, but um, we'll see if he's got those kind of guys to be able to score those kind of goals. So we'll see. But unfortunately he against Dallas, he doesn't need that many chances. It seems like he just seems to find a way the back of the net. And that's when I, the first, the first thing I saw or
1: the first thing I thought when I saw that trade went down, I was like, shit. (laughs) The stars got to yeah. play Patrick Line a whole bunch of yeah. times now, and that was the first thought that I had. And, and and Dubois, like you said, is obviously a fantastic player, but I just know how how what a pain he's been in the Stars side, you know, ever since you know he really entered the league. So I, that's you know, and I was going to ask you what do you, from a Stars' perspective, are you are you glad that are you more happy that Dubois is gone? Or are you more are you more uh, I guess. Disappointed that Patrick Line yeah. is back in your
0: division. You know what? I I, I don't I don't have a, a feeling there yet. Um, if, if for some reason Line can pick up where he left off when he was with Winnipeg, that's one thing. Um, because the reason I say that is is Dubois, uh, Columbus is a, a team, a team. They're built around the way that they play. It's not right. about one superstar, two superstars. They they are a team and they play a blue collar game. They are they're in a blue collar city. It seems like they play a blue collar game. Um, and that's very stars like too. Well, it's very coach like. That's what their coach yeah. is. They've taken on the personality of their coach, and and I think that they're a hard te- ask Tampa. They're a hard team to play, and I believe yeah. that their last game actually against Tampa, they beat them. Um, but but they uh, they're not gonna like they're not gonna fire the scoreboard. That cannon doesn't. They have that cannon in there which is annoying if you're especially as an opponent um they have that cannon in there because they don't put up seven goals a night because their fans would be going what they're going to come in with earplugs and headphones and everything else on there you know so uh they're not a team that's going to overwhelm you with a bunch of goals but what they're going to do is they're going to they're a team that pushes you out of a game they i think if they get into the playoffs they're a team that can upset i don't know how far they can go but you have to be ready to work against that team. And and I, and and, and a, on a good side, positive side for Line A, he scored. He played one game, Winnipeg. Then he got hurt and didn't play anymore. And he got two goals in that first game, and he got in a fight. So when when he first got to camp, they did an interview with him and asked him, you know, something about coming to camp. And he got, his his response was, "Well, I'm here, aren't I?" So I was a little yeah. bit cocky there, and you can read between the lines, or maybe you say, "Well, I'm here. I guess I am coming to camp." So, mm-hmm. but you know, he wanted out obviously because he didn't get to play who he wanted. It's just kind of hard for me when 22 and 24 year old kids can kind of dictate where they're going to go, and I don't want to be here, so I'm going to go someplace else. And, and is, that gonna on... with, <laughs> is that going to work with? Is that going to work with Tortorella? Well, you know what? The, like I said, I think, and I think what Line has done over his career. Is he started to work hard at both ends of the ring? I think he used to. I think he came into the league with, with his big weapon um, that shot and he wanted to be in spots where he could shoot the puck. And, and I think he was held accountable over the last couple of years in Winnipeg, because we play this kind of a game. You have to be part of this game. And I think to his credit, he did. I think he he started coming back into his own. end. I think he skated hard both ways. So I think the foundation is there because I think if he'd have been the same player he was when he was getting criticism in Winnipeg, Torch would be going, I don't want him here. I, mm-hmm. we're just, I'm just getting more of the same um, because I had a kid that didn't want to play that way here uh, for what, for probably for different reasons. But, uh, but I think that uh, the other thing is Kekeleinan knows him, the general manager uh, in Columbus. They have a relationship. They had a good time. I believe that between Kekalina and Tartarella. They had a lot of conversation about this possible move, um, and I believe that there was probably a good conversation between Kekeleinen and, um, and Leine, and and knowing what he, I think being Finnish and knowing what keke is about, when you listen to him in interviews, man, he is a straight, he reminds me a lot of Bob Ganey in ways where he's just a straight shooter. He tells you the way it is. There's no tap dancing around issues. You get to the point, and there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I believe that's the way Tartarell is, I believe that's the way their organization, I believe that's the way that Felina, their captain is, who is a great leader. Um, and, and I think they kind of follow the lead of each other. And I believe that's the kind of team, and I think, I think Laine knows that, and I think that was probably talked to him about, you know, hey, this is the way this guy coaches, this is the way the organization is run, you've made progress over the last couple of years about playing and fitting into that style. So we'll see where this all goes. I mean, it could be an even trade. That's why I talk about Roslovic Roslovic wants to be a centerman. He was never a centerman, I don't believe, much in Winnipeg. So And and we'll Columbus is weak down the middle. Columbus is well, weak no, down the they're, middle. They're really weak now. <laughs> yeah, the number one yeah. guy's gone. So right. they're really weak now. So, and they were weak uh, before and, outside of that. Yeah. And so maybe those two end up playing together. I mean, I don't know, but, but again, that was probably part of the conversation that the two uh, Chevy and Tech Lennon had, uh, the two general managers probably, you know, Hey, we need this. And in order for this to work, I believe that Winnipeg picked up, I think it's Winnipeg picked up some of the 25% of line A's contract. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, these guys are smart guys. And so they, they worked it out. They evened it out. And, you know, I think that The best trades for me are the ones that work out for both teams all the time. Uh, You always hope it doesn't come down to the trade that we made. We play them guys in the finals or we play them guys in a playoff situation. And that guy beat me and I traded him away. But that's part of part of doing the deal. Once you make the deal, you got to live with it and you got to move on. But I believe both these clubs did what's in best interest of their club. Um, And and we'll see where this one lands. All right, let's. Thanks again for another awesome episode of Two
1: Stars, One Cup. I uh, appreciate you, uh, you know, waking up early with me like we do these days. And uh, knocking out an hour-long podcast with me.
0: You don't know what waking up early is, chef I'm up at <laughs> 4.30 in the morning trying to get my stuff done. I'm going to run down the street here and get a hat, and I'm going to get THPN put on my hat here so we can wear it on these podcasts. Yes, and we need we yeah. need everybody on DraftKings to use – We're sending a bill to Ishaming or wherever it's called. <laughs> Ish, Ishalingo. Isha. Yeah. Isha. 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 We'll yeah, see. Is Isha it's coming your Jen. way. All right.
1: All right. Well. Luds, uh, until next time, man, appreciate uh, the time as always. It's always good to talk hockey with you. And uh, hopefully, the stars will get, will get uh, four more points. Until next time, we speak. Later. All right, see you, Luds.